Welcome back to your midweek check-in. It's The Real Bag, where we are pursuing life's intangible valuables. My name is Tree Staten, and I'm so glad that you came back this week. I'm excited. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Day, celebrated his work and his dreams for our great country. And not only did we celebrate Martin Luther King Day, but we got an announcement from Senator Kamala Harris from California. She will be running in the 2020 presidential election. And I don't know everything that she stands on. However, I'm excited that we will have a woman of color representing and I'm excited about the change that hopefully we can bring to this nation and to this country because we definitely need it, okay? I'm not going to go into all of that. So with that being said, let's jump right in. We've all been around people in our past that when we're having a conversation with them, they don't really know that they're spitting while they're talking or possibly been around a singer who actually thinks they're actually singing on the right note, but they're flat or sharp or tone deaf. Or maybe our phone is ringing and we know as soon as we see that person's name pop up that this conversation is going to be negative and draining. Or you're talking to somebody and you already know what they have for lunch because you can smell it on their breath or they maybe have a bad case of halitosis. At any rate, all of these people lack the same thing. They lack self-awareness. One of the biggest epidemics running rampant in today's society is the lack of self-awareness. It's a word and a phrase that's being used more frequently when we're talking about emotional and mental health. But what does self-awareness really mean? I've known about this phrase, this word for a while. My mom introduced it to me as we were talking about different things in the past and different situations that I've asked her about. She's always brought up the topic of self-awareness. And this past year, 2018, I really was in the state of trying to figure out or trying to be really transparent with myself about where I was really in life, who I was really being, what I was really doing and how I really was. Seriously, where am I when I look at myself in the mirror, not just externally, but internally, where am I? How am I really thinking about myself? And how is that playing out in my actions? The Cambridge Dictionary defines self-awareness as good knowledge and judgment about yourself. Travis Bradbury and John Greaves, the authors of Emotional Intelligence 2.0, which is an awesome book. If you have not picked it up, it's an easy read. Pick it up and here's why. They stated, self-awareness is your ability to accurately perceive your own emotions in the moment and understand your tendencies across situations. They go on to say that self-awareness includes staying on top of your typical reactions to specific events, challenges, and people. What are your tendencies? What are your responses in similar or related situations? When are you provoked or triggered? Knowing our tendencies and knowing our emotions are so important. Do you like a small circle or do you like social skills? Do you always find yourself venting or are you just a pessimistic complainer? Are you overly passionate or are you someone who's just controlling and you struggle with delegating? Are you selective with who you spend your time with or are you just selfish? Are you always running out of time or do you have poor time management skills? Now that's me. That's something I'm working on just to be real. Are you really the only one who can do a certain task or do you just need to be the center of attention because no one affirmed you when you were younger? Are you really humble or does external validation fuel your self-confidence? 
Your boss could be insensitive and lack some leadership skills, but you could also be sensitive and uncoachable. Are all men whack or all women crazy? Or do you just keep ignoring the signs just because you like the attention that temporarily fills the void of your low self-worth? Do certain people or situations irritate you? Or do you just lack patience and the ability to be flexible? Why were you so determined to get this specific job, but now you're unsatisfied and unfulfilled? What are you really searching for? Are you always getting the short end of the stick or are you just entitled and spoiled? I've never liked confrontation. I've never liked being combative, but I've always been super sensitive and I never liked confrontation. I've actually never been in a fight outside of, you know, sibling scuffles and things like that. In knowing that about myself, I realized I don't do well with confrontation. So if a conversation starts out really well and and I find that it's getting heated or a little passionate and it's turning into a debate or an argument, I will automatically retreat literally and emotionally. I will walk away, I will leave, or I will completely shut down. I don't really know the root of that yet and why I don't like confrontation. I can I can hold my own if it's a serious topic and I really need the answer. I will hold my own. But if it's an option for me to walk away and have this conversation later, most likely I will walk away. Another thing that I found out about myself, I always find myself disappointed in the people that I was maybe talking to or dating at the time. And I find myself disappointed because I had unspoken expectations. And I had unspoken expectations because I had the fear of rejection. I did not want to express what I wanted or what I needed in that person because I feared that they wouldn't accept what I wanted or needed and they would reject me. So instead of feeling rejected, I would go along with whatever was going on. I wouldn't really say what I needed or I wanted. And then I would always end up feeling disappointed. And the other party would always feel like they were missing something because I was not expressing what I needed and what I wanted. This journey for me of becoming more self-aware, I started to peel back layers of why I was doing certain things, not just the actions themselves, but why I was doing certain things. I thought about this bad breath analogy, which is where past events came from. The first thing, know what you're eating. There are foods that we know that when we eat them, we're going to automatically have bad breath. Like if we eat garlic or onions, raw onions or fish, tuna fish, we know when we eat those things, Well, hopefully we know that. (laughs) Some people don't know that. Most people know with common sense, the end result is going to be not so favorable breath. So know what you're eating. What does that mean? Know your triggers. Not just what makes you tick, but what makes the bomb go off. When do your ugly character flaws come out of hiding? When are you more short and hot tempered? When you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're frustrated? When are you more petty and have seeds of jealousy? When you're comparing yourself to somebody on social media? When do you overspend or go over your budget? When you go on Target? (laughs) I know that for myself. I have to. I started just carrying cash in Target because if not, I'll spend $120, $150, $160 in Target and I went in for two or three items. Know your triggers. If you know you can't go on Target without spending over $100, take cash and don't bring your card or anything else in there with you. Maybe you need to unsubscribe from getting emails from your favorite store. When do you overeat the most? When do you overindulge the most? Are family and social events triggers for you? 
you go around your family and you automatically have this anxious feeling. And now you're short and you have an attitude and everybody's thinking that you're their mean cousin. Why are you the mean cousin? Are news and world events, pop culture, are those triggers for you? For example, a few weeks ago, everybody was talking about the R. Kelly docuseries and what it was about and promoting it. And I understand the topic and the reasoning why it should be an important topic, but I knew for myself, I didn't want to ingest that information. No, I've never been molested or anything like that, but I didn't want to inflict those wounds to my mental space and my emotional space. Why would you inflict that type of emotional trauma to your mental emotional capacity just so that you can talk about it on social media or talk about it with your friends? Sometimes you just have to pass on things. You don't always have to indulge and include yourself in things that you know are harmful for you. What times are you less sensitive and empathetic with your coworkers? When do you tend to isolate yourself? I told you guys before that when I'm going through things or when I'm kind of in a space of discontent, I will isolate myself. When do you isolate yourself? When do you not return those phone calls? When do you not return text messages? Is the work that you're doing really fulfilling you or is it fulfilling your need to be validated? Are you clingy and suffocating in your relationships and friendships? Do you find yourself always trying to grasp at people and hold on to people? You always want to make sure that your friendships and your relationships are secure. It's okay to maintain and sustain relationships. It's another thing to be suffocating and clingy. Those are two different things. Do you always have to be right? Is everything always an argument or a discussion or a debate? Do you always have to go back and forth with people? Is there always a volatile conversation with other people? Why? Why do you always have to be right? What happens when you're not in control and people don't do, say, or act the way that you want them to act? What are your bad habits and cycles? Whether it be books, projects, ideas, education, I have a cyclical pattern of not finishing projects, which is why this podcast means so much to where I am in life and becoming more self-aware because this is something that I've committed to releasing every week and I've historically started something and not finished it and completed it and I'm rewriting that narrative every week. Every time I press record, every time that I do research on a topic, I'm rewriting the narrative that I can complete something, that I can finish a project, that I can follow through with an idea. I've realized over the past three or four years that I will work really, really hard and vigorously and be super, super focused to maintain a healthy lifestyle and exercise and diet all the way up until my birthday. And then when my birthday comes and I'm taking my birthday pictures and being fine and fly and slaying, after that, then I take a break. Then I relax. I become more laid back. And then I gain weight back. And there's this always up and down. I'm like, why am I always so focused and committed these first seven months of the year? And then the last part of the year, I just fall off. I need to rewrite that narrative. The weather is also a trigger. When it's gloomy and rainy outside, I do not feel like being productive. I feel like staying on my couch, snuggling up with some cover, and watching Netflix or watching a movie. I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like doing something productive. I feel like chilling out. Are you that thirsty for attention that people can just talk to you any kind of way and treat you any kind of way and you can just take the attention just because it's any type of attention and then you're disappointed when they don't measure up to what your ideals are? Be real with yourself. 
Number two, before you offer someone else a mint, take one for yourself. We always wanna focus on what other people could be doing and highlighting what they could have done better. No, what can you do better? Matthew 7, 4 and 5 says, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That's Jesus talking. He's like, why are you so worried about your friend? You need to worry about what's going on in your life. Take care of your business. Take care of your issues. Take care of your challenges and your hangups and your habits before you try to correct someone else's habits. Romans 12.3 says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Paul is like, look, don't think you all that. You're not. First of all, humble yourself, take it down a notch, and be honest when you're thinking about yourself. When you're evaluating yourself, be honest. Number three, when someone offers you a mint, take it. <laughs> don't pass on the mint. Take the mint. A few weeks ago, I had on a dress and I had a slip underneath it. Of course, I knew I had on the slip. I knew that I had on the dress, but I couldn't actually see that my slip was showing. So that's how it is with being self-aware because most times we don't really know what we're doing and how we are acting and how we are responding to people. We're just responding in the moment. We are not aware of our emotions in the moment. We just fly off the handle, say what we say, do what we do, and we take care of the aftermath later. You need people around you to tell you, hey, you need a piece of gum. Your attitude's a little stinky. You're a little mean. Take this mint. What's going on? You need somebody to tell you to, hey, simmer down, slow down. Why are you reacting that way? So use your circle to be your mint passers and accept the mint. I heard someone recently say, all fruit looks good far away, but when you get a closer look, you'll start seeing the nicks and the bruises and the ugly parts of it. I love that saying because the crowd, the people that are in the distance will always praise you. They'll always put you up on a pedestal, but it's those people that are close to you behind closed doors that see your ugly attitudes, that see you when you're frustrated, when you're tired, that see you when you're angry, that see you when you lash out at them for no reasons, they can tell you, hey, um, I can smell the onions on your breath. Go brush your teeth. <laughs> your inner circle should be able to tell you and you not get upset and offended. Now it may sting a little, it may make you even more mad, but let those people tell you when you're in the wrong. Take the information, make the adjustments, and be appreciative that they care enough to be uncomfortable to actually tell you. I recently had a conversation with one of my closest friends and she brought up the fact that, you know, I was kind of MIA, what was going on with me. I really wasn't around and being a, a friend and I, and instead of me being defensive, I had to ask myself, what kind of friend am I really being right now? Am I showing up as a friend? Am I showing myself friendly? Am I checking in on my friends? Not just when it's convenient for me. And the answer was no, I wasn't. So I'm striving to be a better friend, a more consistent friend, a better sister, a better daughter. The last one, let the mints do their job. 
In Emotional Intelligence 2.0, Travis Bradbury and John Greaves go on to say, a high degree of self-awareness requires a willingness to tolerate the discomfort of focusing on feelings that may be negative. It really sucks to actually be self-aware. <laughs> it is not a fun feeling to actually sit in those feelings and be like, man, I was really mean, or I was really insensitive, or I was really short, and I'm being really petty right now. It stings when you have to look in the mirror of your souls to say, what are your intentions? What are the roots of your ambition? What's really fueling your decisions right now? It's almost like when you have an Altoid or a mint and you don't chew it right away and you just let it sit on your tongue and that the menthol starts to hit the back of your throat and you have that little tinge and your eyes start watering. It's a weird feeling and it can be uncomfortable, but you know it's working. The mint is doing its job. It's refreshing your breath. It's removing that bitter taste out of your mouth from what you ate. So let the mint do its job. And the mint can be in different forms. It could be scripture. It could be conversations with the people that are close to you. It could be the Holy Spirit working through you. It could be journaling. It could be meditating. Those mints are moments when you're sitting and you're reflecting and you're evaluating who you really are, where you really are, what you're really doing and how you're really doing. Securing the bag of self-awareness is a consistent, continual journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time to unpack and peel back the layers of your actions and your tendencies and your emotions. Nobody wants to sit in their emotions and their feelings anymore. Everybody want to get out. I'm out my feelings and in my bag or I'm out my feelings and in my projects and in my works. No, sit in your feelings for a little bit. Why are you acting that way? Why are you responding that way? What is that feeling that you're getting when people give you the wrong attention, but you like it anyways? What is that? Get to the root of the problem. Why do people feel like it's okay to hit you up in your DMs and you're okay with that? Why do you feel like it's okay to go off on your employees? Why do you feel like it's okay to be rude and obnoxious in the center of attention? Why do you need to do that? Get to the root of those habits, those bad habits, those patterns, those tendencies that show up in relative and similar situations. Why do you have to keep apologizing? You you go off on people, you say things that are mean and rude, and then you're, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did mean to say that. Why? <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't mean to say it. You did mean to say it because you said it. But why did you say it? And why do you keep saying it? Get to the root of why you're doing it. Not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Not just what makes you tick, but what makes the bomb go off. So this week, we're focusing on becoming more self-aware. And I even have on my, on my vision board as a reminder, be self-aware instead of self-conscious. And I'm constantly asking myself these four things. Where am I really? Who am I really? What am I really doing? And how am I really doing? Who, where, what, how? Even ask your inner circle, your mint passers, hey, how am I in this area? How am I in my relationships? How good of a friend am I being? How good of a spouse am I really? Ask your supervisor, hey, I just want to make sure I want to check in. Am I doing a good job or are you just pacifying me? How can I improve? What are your critiques of me, of my work? 
ask your business partners, ask your accountability partners, am I really doing my job? Am I really being productive? Or am I just studying for the gram? Am I just posting so that people can like, but I'm not really finishing any projects? Ask your boyfriend, ask your girlfriend, am I always negative? Am I pessimistic? Am I clingy? Am I suffocating? What are the expectations? Have a real conversation and let the chips fall where they may. Pick the chips up, make your adjustments and move on. The people that are in your inner circle, they love you and they really want you to live your best life, not your best pretend life, not your best Instagram life or your social media life. They want you to live your best life, period. Until next week, subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast. We are growing in numbers. I have people from Japan listening, from Canada, California, to the East Coast. So keep sharing this podcast if it's encouraging you, if it's inspiring you, if if it's provoking thoughts and conversation. Please DM me, inbox me, email me at therealbagpodcast at gmail.com. But let me know your thoughts and your feedback. Until next week, y'all have a great week. Take care.